Welcome to Bonehead Weekly. And I am so excited because I haven't had a chance to talk to one of my friends in a long time, and he's on here. Wesley Gift, so good to see you. Yeah, man, we missed you. What's up, guys? Good to see you again for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) And Bryce Hoquay. I'm glad that, you know, you could be here. We've never met. Well, so real quick. So, Wesley, I I do want to point out, Wesley, you seem to have a lot of DC memorabilia behind you. So are you going to tag team me on Bryce and his shit comic book opinions? Sure, depending on what those opinions are. (laughs) Oh, they're shit. I I, I know y'all about to bond over one in particular. So so now that Booster Gold is going to be one of the flagship components of James Gunn's uh, DC uh, Cinematic Universe revival, will you at least give me some credit? No. Uh, You know, I'll give you you the credit that you give somebody that, like, buys 15 scratch-offs in a couple. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a couple of them get some money, you know. <laughs> yeah, because look, I was gonna say we. I, I, oh, let me give you some credit on how Iron Fist did for Mark. Oh, oh, you petty today. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Bryce, you were you were so much. You were so nicer than I would have been. I thought that was going to go a different way, and you went to scratch offs, and I was mm. thinking. Three or four other ways I would have went with that. None of them are appropriate for for Bonehead, and we do everything. I'll be honest with you. I was waiting on us to do a Bryce episode sometime soon because as soon as I was, I was like, they introduced Booster Gold on Legends of Tomorrow, played by Donald Faison, and I'm like, yeah, fuck Bryce. And then (laughs) then the next, what was it, two weeks later, they canceled the show. (laughs) Hey. And, and and I don't think I have to elaborate on why. <laughs> Wes, Wes, our friend Bryce and Ken were actually in the basement when we used to do these things actually live on the show many years ago. And well, I don't know, at least three or four when Warden's Watch was coming out. And he and Chad got in almost a knockdown drag out. And you know who's going to win that fight. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The former boxer. Right. Chad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know, Ch- Chad. Look, I know you could take some damage on the band aids, man. <laughs> I know, like, if you all have got kids young enough that you know the minion that they could just beat the shit out of in the head and nothing happens, and they can use his head to beat the yeah, that's Chad. Yeah, I'm Homer Simpson from the, the boxing episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's even better. That's even better. So, so Wesley, get pulled into this. Yeah, DC thoughts on Booster Gold. To be honest, I don't know a whole lot about the character, but when I heard that announcement, I immediately started seeing like fan photoshops of Chris Pratt as Booster Gold, and I was like, please no. No. <laughs> no. I need to bring some Pratt, no offense. No. They're trying to get Chris Pratt to do everything though. I just I shared a meme with my friends where they where they did a uh, somebody made a movie poster with Chris Pratt as Rosa Parks. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to sound terrible, so of course I'm going to say it. That would only work if Anna Ferris tried to play the person that made him get up. Oh. I mean, it's okay. I mean, I, I think I think nobody would see that coming. It would be M. Night Shyamalan could direct that. I think we could do it. I think we could do it. Yeah, oh, that's uh, 
that's my hour in purgatory, by the way. Bryce, I'll, I'll... the thing we have to remember about this production is that there will be no African-Americans in it just so we can make it as horrible as possible, correct? Chris Pratt, hey. Rosa Parks. What else? I was going to say, uh, uh, phase two of DC uh, will be Black Vulcan starring Chris Pratt. <laughs> Chris Pratt. <laughs> well, I thought Chris Pratt was going to play Steel. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'll so be honest. The only thing, Shaq. I was saying no. That the the only thing that would make me excited is when they did the Flash Point thing later on, where they travel to another universe and they have to meet Shaq, and then I would be all in for it because <laughs> I think we're due. I think everybody wants to acknowledge, you know, uh, um, Michael Keaton as Batman, but let's give the Shaq still a little love. I think hey. uh, I think it's due. I think it's due. I'm with it. I'm with it. All right. I'll, I'll give that more credit than Shaq Diesel. <laughs> hey, look, 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 look! We go, we go, we go! Show Shaq some love. He gave us the sequel to Shaq Fu and everything. <laughs> and Kazam. <laughs> All right, I'm going to get us back on track a little bit. It is really my pleasure to have Bryce Oakway and Wesley Gift back on the well, Wesley for the first time. Thank you for joining us for Bonehead. I don't know why Bryce said for you to contact me to do this. It doesn't seem like a smart idea. But Bryce said something nice about me behind my back. I wonder if he knows what it is. It's yeah. I hear it from Wes. There's a ran, there's a random lady you were at a uh, ex some sort of comic art expo something back in the fall and it may have been on transies campus i can't remember but there was a lady and her, her and her dad who happened to know me and they asked you if you knew it was like and you said something to the account because she did she came back and was like yeah he said if you're blah 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 you have to know joe lewis i was like that's so sweet <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it was, it was uh, it. I think it's a person, a, a person that works with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a small world. It's a small. It was world. at it was at Carnegie Center actually. That's where. Oh, I was at the Carnegie. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I was at I was at the Carnegie Center and I was talking to the family and everything, and they found out and I found out that they knew you and I was like, yo, that's awesome. Yeah, that's not awesome. You you could do better than me, and you know. <laughs> you're you're just looking for a shorter, fatter version of Ken Kirk. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> See, we got we 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 got we've got our perfect dynamics over here. You know, I, I if if, any, if the, the only thing that would make this moment better is to be in the basement on that couch. Really. I would love for you to be back on the basement, and you and Wes are invited over anytime. In fact, you guys are going to be in LexCon, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe we can get together and do something. But we'll get back to that in a yeah. second. How do you guys know each other, Wes? I'll let you start. Gosh, when did we meet Bryce? Well, I'll tell you, you mentioned Warden's Watch, Joe. Um, so, Bryce, when did you launch that? Like 2018, 2019? Uh, further back than that, I think. I think further back than that? Okay. No, it had to be 2018. No offense, because it has to be at least 2018, because we started the show in 2017. And the reason I remember, and the reason I can't forget is my son and the show all came out within two weeks. <laughs> okay. Now, twenty. And, and, 2018 makes sense because me and Ken just recently shared some memory that I think said it's been like five years. So I think, yeah, I think that makes sense. Okay. So Bryce and Ken did Warden's Watch in 2018, we'll say. Uh, and so um, 
Uh, I missed the Kickstarter for that one, but I had seen Bryce and Ken at shows um, and uh, just started chatting with them about how they made the book. Um, I don't know if I ever told you this, Bryce, but one of my favorite panels, set of panels ever in any comic is actually from a page from Warden's Watch, where the main character is battling uh, the evil entity. And there's three panels and he's fighting the entity in each panel. The only difference is the main character's hair gets a little bit more gray. And in those three panels, we have such a strong story that this person has been fighting just as hard for just as long to keep this enemy at bay. And there, there I don't think there was any, any dialogue or, or balloons or captions. It was just visuals that told the story. Um, but I read reading Warden's Watch kind of told me like, okay, at some point I have to work with Bryce on something. So we stayed in touch, um, and it was probably about two years ago where I came to Bryce with the Hard Justice script, and I said, Bryce, I got this story, and I feel like you're the only artist out there who can bring this to life and give it give it the the attention that it deserves and the energy that it needs. So, well, that's great. He fanboyed his way into your heart. I fanboyed oh. my way to Bryce's heart, exactly. <laughs> and just finger banged his way into mine. Oh, there's a there's a mental image. You're Don't right. try to draw that; you'll never pick up a pen again. It'll just you'll never pick up a pen again. <laughs> the, pen, the pen might melt. <laughs> yeah, true. So, what did what happened when you read the script, Bryce? Um. So yeah, immediate, immediately after reading it, I was like, "Yo, he's clearly a fan of the same things I'm a fan of." Cause like my uh my favorite one of my favorite genres of, of video game are like the, the side scrolling beat 'em ups like uh you know the Streets of Rage Double Dragon River City Ransom all those and that's the it, it gave off this like eighties early nineties type of energy that beat 'em up type of energy. And the descriptions of the characters and just everything, I was like, "Whoa, okay, this is this is pretty dope." And then, and Wes was like, "All right, you know, he, he treated it like a sandbox. It was ba- he gave he gave like certain base descriptions, but you know, getting the opportunity to play in my style with this with with this world that was very familiar to me because of the the the, uh, the references." I was like, okay, yeah, this is this is going to be something I'm going to go crazy on. Uh, you, you mentioned video games, and I wanted to bring this up because I, I was checking out the Kickstarter. Uh, cover B uh, by uh, Justin Stewart is a Double Dragon homage, but I've got to say, as I was looking at it, it took me back. Uh, and, and everything, the art and everything I've seen, speaking of side-scroller, there was the knockoff of Double Dragons, lovingly called Bad Dudes. If anybody remembers Bad Dudes, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and I literally oh, there was, it is. Oh, yes, I literally was looking at this, and I'm like, it literally brought back as I yep. looked through the art samples and everything. I'm like, I wasted so much time. I found out that if you turn the volume way up on your TV, that that kick that they do in Bad Dudes is a helicopter. If you, <laughs> it does the same thing. Yeah, it is perfect for that. Being that tells you how 
often I played these games. That being said, it, words you're looking for is geeky. Keep going. Yes, <laughs> nobody's shocked by me being a geek. But I, I just wanted to say, as I looked at this, it was I, it literally it hit me again that nostalgia. But also, I'm like, yeah, I gotta get my hands on this. <laughs> it it that brings all that back to because my son's a gamer now, but every game now has to be so intense and so. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. there's there's 400. You got to find all the hidden stuff. And I'm like, I just want to kick a dude into a barrel and have it explode for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. Like for, for me, a, a lot of times, yeah, video games, they're, they're like, uh, you, they're either going to be so, they're going to be so compact to the point of like, I could play this in 10 minutes and drop it, or they're going to be so involved that I know I'm not going to have time to touch it till, like, I get a vacation type thing. Like, that whole, like, that perfect little pocket of, like, old school, like, I could beat this game in two hours type of type of energy, that's just, it doesn't really exist anymore. So, like, uh, tapping into that, tapping into that nostalgia, just that whole era of video games and uh, buddy cop type energy, like Rush Hour and Lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah. This it's it's really fun. So, bad dudes. I was going to say something about it earlier, and I completely forgot. You guys just launched your Kickstarter eight hours ago yesterday. It's not been long. Uh, we launched it at twelve thirty p.m. March first today. And I was looking like James and could not believe him. By the way, I haven't bought my copy yet. I'm still mad because they didn't personalize my signature. It's like of all the people they didn't personalize like to Joe, blah, 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 blah. I'm Warden's Watch. And this is kind of a half joke. I think I gave you all a hard time about it about four <laughs> years ago and I don't expect to remember. But you're halfway there. Uh we we yeah we we're about two thirds now. Two thirds now, yeah. Yeah. Are you I mean, I'm not not saying I'm shocked, but that's got to be a really good feeling. Shit, I am. Oh yeah, it it has. Been. <laughs> Just trust me, trust me. I've been waiting. I've been waiting three months to hit that launch button. And as soon as I hit that launch button, I mean, I just had, I was just overwhelmed with emotion. I wanted to throw up. I actually hit the launch button and then left my office and ran errands for a while because I just like, I wanted to get away and just like get out of the headspace for a bit. And then the entire, my phone has been blowing up all day long, all day long. Uh, In fact, um, I think it was about an hour, an hour and a half ago, Bryce screenshot an email to me uh we're now a project we love on kickstarter so they emailed us to congratulate us and to give us a special uh uh banner image that we can share in our social media to promote our project even more so i could i i mean i'm so happy for you guys i really am because that is so cool and and it's love yeah it really is it really is it's love I mean, it just, it, that's the reason why you, I, it has to make you just feel, get all the warm and fuzzies. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, and, man, and you all, you, you all know me. You, you all have known me for a little while now. And Four or five years, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I, I feel like just the cornerstone of and everything that I've been able to do up to this point, it's all just been because of, you know, just people showing love and me trying to do the same. So it's really, really super validating. It's, and 
Wes, Wes to, to give Wes his flowers, man, the level of hustle that Wes has, like, yo, it's, it's insane. Like, we collect, of course, collaborating on this project is one thing, but Wes really hit the ground running and was that I can to try to make sure that this, this is successful. And yeah, like he, he hustled, hustled, like, for yeah. real. I really want you to talk about that because I, not to get too serious, but this is because we get people all the time about, well, why don't you have a sponsor? Well, we would do sponsors. Well, why don't you do, you know, why don't you have a GoFundMe or whatever, you know, Patreon. And we've thought about it. We've almost clicked the button. What two you three years ago, Chad. I mean, we were a day or two away from it. And, and the reason is one of the big reasons is because of what you were just talking about, Bryce, the hustle, and I just don't, there's something about, I would be fine with a sponsor, but it's about asking people just to give us money all the time. I was like, oh, well, we would probably do this for free. We have been doing it for free. And it don't get me wrong. It is paid in dividends, for example, or friendships and meeting so many awesome people that we've never been able, that, that I cannot, I can't put a monetary amount on. But I'm so... I just want you to talk about it, Wes, if you can, about the hustle and the hard work, because the project, writing it, that's one hard work. Then mm -hmm. actual drawing it and then doing it and putting it together, that's a whole lot of hard work. But shit, that's the fun part. No right. one wants to talk about the business, which is a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. So you say hustle. I say grind. It's been an absolute grind. Yeah. Um, so it, when we got the pre-launch page up and running. I really relied on the community, uh, the indie comics community, not just the friends that we have in Lexington, but just uh, people I've met on social media. Mm -hmm. um, I had read somewhere that if you're on Kickstarter and you, uh, you launch a project, I read somewhere that people who look at your campaign will look at, okay, this is their campaign, but who else have they supported? How many other projects have they supported? Uh -huh. So for the last few few weeks and months i've been trying to build up uh some rapport in the kickstarter community uh yeah. and just backing all types of different indie comics projects um and you know with so many projects i would try to you know throw five dollars here ten dollars here just to give some support and to get my name uh out there and recognized because it's money uh, yeah that's right yeah and so you know when we had the pre-launch page uh i then went through my kickstarter uh pledge log essentially and message these folks and was like hey i really liked your project um would you mind checking out uh, you know my pre-launch page didn't ask him to 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 follow or to give me anything i said hey just look at it do just take a moment and look at it and we started getting people following the pre-launch page uh from there um and so you know bryce gives me a lot of credit but i mean you know in the the way i see the grand scheme of comics you know i wrote the script and gave it to Bryce. And then as a writer, my job was basically done. Uh, and then Bryce gets started on the whole world creation art uh, component of the of the uh, of the story. And I couldn't just sit back and wait for him to to work through that and to, to bring it to life. So I was like, OK, what all can I do to help this project succeed? Um, so uh, and Bryce was instrumental in this as well. We uh, we had flyers printed up um that uh i've got flyers that i've been taking around to comic book shops in the area um every weekend this month uh i'm traveling somewhere 
to visit shops and to talk to people about hard justice and hand out flyers to promote the uh, promote the Kickstarter. Bryce and I are doing a show in two weeks. Um, I'm traveling to another show next week. We'll be at LCTC. In fact, <clears throat> Bryce knows this, but I can tell you guys, um, I'm working with uh, Tyler Phillips, who you probably know, Joe, from the LCTC staff. Oh, my um, God. Do you want to know stories about Tyler? Maybe later after the show. But, <laughs> but can, real quick, having... can I real quick give Tyler a shout out of one of the first? Yeah, please Tyler do, because Tyler's is, a great dude. Is one of the nicest people I've ever met. Do never say this, that I said any of this shit behind his back. Tyler Phillips dedicated and worked so hard during the flooding of southeastern Kentucky. Chad and I went down, and Tyler was on the ground. It, I just that you talk about flowers, Bryce. That guy. Yeah. Sorry, I just a little bit. He he worked. That's really awesome. No, no that's, that's, I, that's things that he would never mention and never talk about and never. He he doesn't. Sorry, that sounds exactly like Tyler. You know. Yep. Uh, but I reached out to Tyler, and so we're going to have Hard Justice flyers and Hard Justice logo stickers in every VIP bag that's going to be given out to LCTC. So that's fantastic. Bought, yeah, and all I did was, I mean, that, I mean, uh, I got to know Tyler through volunteering at LCTC year yep. after year. Um, and I just messaged him the other day, and I was like, "Hey, man, I've got this Kickstarter. I want to try to promote it at LCTC." Is there any chance I could get my flyer into the uh, VIP bags? And he's like, well, if you've got something else to go with it, we can probably make it happen. Um, so I ordered a bunch more stickers. And he was like, you give me the flyers and you give me the stickers. I'll take care of the rest. So that's yeah. going to be a huge help for us. And especially because LCTC is towards the tail end of our campaign. Mm -hmm. That'll give us a big boost to be able to just, you know, have those flyers and stickers in the bag that people get excited and get them, uh, get them information about it. So yeah, I mean, it's just a constant grind of, uh, you know, how can I get this out there? P before we launched, I'll say this and I'll wrap up, sorry. No, uh, no, we, I want oh. people to know the business side because I feel like sure. people think, oh, I'm just going to sit in the corner with my friend and we're going to do something. No, yeah, yeah. if you're going to do it professionally, it is work and it's work yes. that you don't want to do because it's past the creative. Right, Absolutely. right. Yeah. Uh, but Kyle Starks, who's there um i follow him on patreon um and i messaged him uh a few weeks back and i was like hey my pre-launch page is live check it out um because he he had given me some advice way back when about getting into comics writing but uh, as far as kickstarters he told me he said you have to talk to somebody and anybody every single day before you launch your kickstarter and during the kickstarter every single day you have to promote it to to anyone and everyone who will listen so and i you know i heard him i heard him when he said that and then now that we've launched it's just you know it, it just sunk in even more of how much you've got to push this so back to what you said whether it be the hustle or the grind you have yeah. to put in the hours and it's not easy it's never if it's easy everyone would do it absolutely yeah well, and, and it's you know i i'm i'm very grateful for um just the amount of you know, the, the, whether it's grind, hustle, whatever, the, right. the amount of the things that 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 uh, Wes has done throughout all of this, super, because, for you know, from my end of the spectrum, being a, a working artist requires that at times I'm juggling a lot. It's that small business aspect of the things. So it's like being creative and at the same time, 
having to handle business in these ways kind of puts you in a situation to where when you're, you know, if you're depending on what it is that you're working on, you may not always have somebody that's as put together in their planning, which requires you to have to step out of the creative lane more than you would like to and 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 just delays things. And uh, West, West just straight out the gate was like, no, nah, like he he had he had his mission and we we would talk about things, mix and match ideas and stuff, but it was it was just it was really it was really really dope to to be able to just have conversations and then just hit hit milestones moving forward like it's 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 huge it's huge so yeah man i i i this is so i'm just so happy to hear it and i'm so happy that that we know so many of the same people so many good people and and to give the greers a little bit of that they've always been pretty good about supporting independent folks and at least giving them access to stuff like that and giving them access to, you know, 20, 30,000 people at Lexington Comic-Con. So mm-hmm. I do appreciate you guys talking. Yeah, I I just love it. I love that you put in the work and I want that hat so bad off your head, Wes. And I was, funny, so, I, I took a second to look on the Kickstarter and I was like, where's the damn hat? Well, and I got to talk to Bryce about this. So we have shirts on the Kickstarter and people have been buying up shirts like crazy and people have been messaging me. They're like, I see the hat, Wes. Where's the hat? Where's the hat? So I think, Bryce, I think we gotta go back and and add the hat to the to the Kickstarter. So I think I think we do because I actually I got a handful of messages about the hats as well. <laughs> For real. I had because some of my friends they were they were saying they wanted the 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 flat bill joint. Okay. Buddy. And flex fit. None of that. I take a hat bullshit. Wherever I can get a hat. Right. <laughs> but I the snapback snap back makes the back of this head itch. I want a flex fit. <laughs> I hate a flex flip. Sons flex of bitches. Flex. Hey, Chad, we might have to get you a toboggan with your <laughs> shit break up. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lie. That's I think that's uh, I think that's an add-on. I think you all should do that as an add-on that people can add. You know, you need it for multiple weather, so you can have an all-season hard justice. You kidding me, man? Look. You better give me a damn motorcycle helmet. Who are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> they were talking about the double dragon. I love the tango and cash. Hey, hey. An underrated gem of 80s buddy cop. Just wonderful, terrible movie. Hold That's on. where I Joe, learned such valuable Joe. lessons as to know if it's cocaine, you have to stick it in your mouth. Hold on. I just got to make sure. <laughs> Joe, you know Double Dragon was a video game before it was a movie, right? Nope. Oh, my God. <laughs> and going cash. Joe's Tango video game cash. knowledge Joe's video game knowledge stops at Pong. Don't even bring up pac If I'm not mistaken, wasn't the cartoon before the movie, too, or did the cartoon come after the movie? I'm only I, talking about Tango and Cash. I feel like, I feel like the cartoon came after the movie i think you're right yeah because the cartoon went real crazy that was when they gave him those yeah exactly hey let's hide our face let let's become superheroes by suddenly exposing our chest and putting on a half mask i don't know who these people are now (laughs) that's worse than the superman gimmick look man that's how that's how you had to do it look you had to put the you had to put the coin together to transform. You had to, you know. 
That's all. That's, that's that was almost as dumb as yellow, wearing a yellow handkerchief over their head. <laughs> oh. Well, hold on. Hey, slam. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let, let you slide with that. I'm gonna let you slide with that because they canceled your show. I, I, I was about to say. I was about to say. Bonehead Weekly's live show Friday night at seven during Lex during six o'clock during Lexington Comic Con's been canceled. See how I got a plug in there, Wes. Yeah. Talking about plugging your own stuff. There you By the go. way, <laughs> you two need to come to the live show. We're gonna have a special guest there. You guys need to show up. Oh yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Last year I gave out bourbon. Uh, oh. <laughs> so Wesley, I'm joking about. I, I booster gold seriously is one of my favorites, but my. But my top two favorites are Green Arrow and Green Lantern. So, are you a uh, based on what I'm seeing in the background? Are you a Green Lantern fan as well? A huge Green Lantern fan. Yes, yes. Yeah. In fact, so if I can sidebar for a moment, um, during when the pandemic hit, um, I just right about the time the pandemic hit, I decided that I wanted to pursue writing comic books because I've written other other yeah. things for forever. Um, I took a an online comic book writing class with Ron Mars. If you know Ron Mars, um, he's a very prolific writer for comic books. He's written for basically every publisher, um, but he uh, he penned a lot of issues of Green Lantern Volume Three. Um, but I got to take a class with him and learn the craft of writing comics. Um, and then after taking that class, I'm like, okay, I'm just going, you know, full steam ahead with this. So I actually wanted to ask that question because we've had various types of authors, screenwriters on the show. Mm -hmm. But obviously, writing for a comic book is different than just sitting down and writing, I shouldn't say just sitting down and writing a novel or writing a short story, but it's a different format because you have to have something that you can hand to an artist and say, okay, make this, right? Or, or you know, interpret this. Or, or So can you talk a little bit about having written other stuff? What was the mindset that you, was there a different mindset you got into it? Or was it formatting? Because I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. They they think that comic book writing is the same as a short story or something like that. So can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, sure. So I would say it's more about formatting because one of the biggest things I had to learn when I first started writing comics is, of course, you know, a comic book is a series of sequ sequential images, okay? Each image captures one action, Okay. So, and, uh, you know, each page is split into panels, okay? So you can only have one action per panel, okay? So if I were to get up from my desk, walk across the room and open the door, that would be three panels, you know, getting up is one panel, walking across the room is second panel, opening the door is three panels, okay? You could write that differently in a screenplay or a short story. Um, so you gotta, you gotta really kind of plan ahead as far as uh, the action that takes place um, in your story. Because, and one thing that Bryce had to help me with is um, towards the end of Hard Justice issue one, there's this big climactic fight scene. Well, I had crammed so much action um, uh, in the back of the book that uh, uh, something you also gotta consider is the more panels you have per page, the smaller they get. And the smaller the panels get, the less detail you can put in those panels. Yeah. Look, so at George, cramming, look at every George Perez comic book. Yeah. Yeah. So I was cramming all this action into so many panels on each page. And Bryce, Bryce, thank goodness, was like, hey man, he was like, I see what you're I see what you're doing. To make this work, I have to, you know, expand this over more panels, which means more pages. So initially I th I think the script I gave Bryce was 26 pages. And now the actual comic is going to be 33 pages of story. 
because I put so much in there. Bryce was like, if we're going to do this right, I've got to expand it. Um, so yeah. it's just, you know, just part of part of the writing process, part of the learning process. You know, well, and, and it's always and, and for, to it's always helpful when the writer is flexible because that's that's the thing that and to my benefit, you know, typically when I'm working with people, it's either people that I have some sort of relationship with or somebody that's familiar with my style. So they give me a, a level of flexibility just off of the strength of knowing what I do. And that, that, in, that in itself kind of makes it a little bit easier in situations where things have to be adjusted and being able to kind of communicate in that way. Um, yeah, like I, I, it's, Sometimes, sometimes in sequential art, it's one of those. Well, matter of fact, in anything really, it's that less is more approach, you know. And we, it's it, one of the, I know one of the things that I've picked up over the years, especially is like if you can imply something without even doing it completely, like in, in a way that makes it obvious. Like instead of showing the door opening, just put the hand on the doorknob, that like that type of stuff go for it as long as, mm -hmm. as long as the composition is clear go for it I, I i think the other thing is that you kind of talked about here both of you is that there's this level of trust right there's this level of because i think that's one of the things that uh a lot of people and i'll admit i fall into this is oh there's we have an idea and we have a great idea. And we may even actually work on it. But then it's, oh, there's a lot of second guessing. And I think that fades if you have somebody that you can trust, that you can say, hey, you know. Mm -hmm. And so talking about that, you know, approaching somebody, uh, as you talked about, Wes, going, you know, hey, I want you to do this. That's a level of trust that is 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 necessary, I would think. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, that was something that Ron talked about in the comic come up writing class is, you know, at the end of four weeks, we had a script, but it's just words on a page. And he was like, now you've got to go find an artist. And he was, he was very upfront. He was like, you've got to be flexible because, you know, unless you draw it yourself and you can draw it yourself, you know, you have to rely on somebody else's efforts and talent and, you know, things may change. Um, you know, and I, I am by no means an artist. I couldn't draw myself out of a paper bag. I have no artistic ability. Um, so seeing Bryce's work and everything he puts out, um, you know, I had, I had a, a high level of trust with Bryce because I thought, you know, seeing what Bryce can do um, and just knowing who he is as a person, I feel like uh, we can definitely work together and he's going to pull off something amazing. So there's definitely a level of trust. Uh, a strong level of trust between us. So, or else, if I didn't feel like I could trust Bryce, I would have gone to him. But Bryce is such a top-notch guy; I knew he could do it. So, and by the way, I just want to point out because you know you're talking about Ron Mars. We got to talk about real, real uh, you know, for those who may not know who Ron Mars is, Ron Mars is detrimental in giving us probably the best Green Lantern ever, Cal Rayner. Yes, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Hey, <clears throat> that's facts. Yes. Yes. Now, if I'm not oh, mistaken, I have, hold on, hold I have, on. You guys got everything. along about something. Hold on, real Green quick on now. Something. Dude, Cal Rainer's man. He's amazing. Well, he had you the and Bryce. Oh. You and Bryce reached across the aisle and hugged. <laughs> <laughs> now let's break it up again by mentioning Booster Gold. Now it's, I've got a question though about that. Now I could be shaky because, admittedly, I read 
Green Lantern, but I was reading as a fanboy at the time, so my knowledge of... Now, was Ron Mars the one that gave us the refrigerator story? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ron Mars gets all the gets credit then, because that literally was one of the things where I'm like, that's not supposed to happen in Green Lantern. I read all a bunch of the Hal Jordan stuff, and I'm like, that's uh that's. A I mean, he gave, he's also detrimentally giving us the story about how, you know, Cal, uh, Hal Jordan, who was so grief-stricken from his co-city being devastated that he recreated the whole town using his green lantern ring and that was ron mars too i mean that's amazing can i I just interject real quick um so i know a lot of people remember the fridge uh the fridge issue which was issue 54 yeah but what i personally what i think tops that issue is issue 109 of that run is ghosts of christmas past i think is the story and it's and ron mars wrote it but it's about jade if you remember the green lantern jade of course yeah yeah um, in that story, she encounters a a guy who is a mall Santa who abused her as a child. Yeah, and I, I didn't um, see that one. That and so um, you know, there's flashbacks of I think she was in an orphanage and she, she was like physically abused. I don't know if it went further than that, but now she's an adult. She has the power of you know the Green Lantern ring, you know, and now she's confronted with I have all this power and I'm faced with this guy who harmed me as a child and it's just it's just tense the entire story um so i prefer that one over the frigid you, you, yeah. you mentioned that and i think it tying back to that story and art type thing it reminds me there's um liam sharp who who did the incredible hulk for a while and is doing some other stuff now one of uh the the pieces of art that he did when he was on the incredible hulk it is about the incredible hulk written by peter david as well but it's you know he has all this power and there's one issue that also features man thing and i love man thing it's one of my favorite characters but all things better where they're fighting i'm sorry chad you spoke up speak since next time anyway um <laughs> the uh the, the but the scene is much similar to that storyline i think there's something so powerful about those stories while all that's going on there is a basically a child predator and there's just a scene where you, where Liam Sharp draws this shoe on the edge. It's either in a boat or on the shore. And it's just a sign the kids take it. And it doesn't matter if the Hulk shows up. It doesn't matter if Man, Man Thing shows up. The damage is done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so I think those stories, and I think that's one of the things that is, uh, it's apropos to this conversation. I think that's why people who dismiss comic books, because I read comic books a lot growing up, people be like, you need to read other stuff. And I'm like, no, comic books when done, there's something more to them than words and art. They can carry forth so much emotions in a single panel, and they give you something else a panel later. Also, also as well, if a if a Swamp Thing, Kyle Rayner, or Booster Gold would have been there in that issue, none of that shit would have happened. Well, see, Chad, the the difference is um, Booster Gold would have stole something from the kid to make himself look better. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> He would have taken and, both the shoes, Chad. He would have taken both those shoes. Kid would to, have been safe. To, to expand on what you're saying, though, with with uh, with comics and everything, it's an absolute it's an absolute fact. Like it, like com- comics were just in in a lot of ways introducing young people to like just way more advanced subject matters than yeah. than than anybody was talking to us about. Because I remember, I mean, you're, like I started reading mad early like because my mother she introduced me to comic books my mom was a comic person she used to like fantastic four and stuff like that so 
she gave me comments really, really early. And I had a higher reading level because of it. And it's something that like, it, it, it's, it's something that I always think back on. And then like over the years, just all the stuff that you learn and just, it, it, it's, it's all comics. I credit, I, I credit a lot of things straight to comics. So at this point, I hope people have the proper understanding of like, nah, this ain't just like throwaway literature. Well, and right. I, I think you're right. I think it shows how things have changed, though, because I had a friend who briefly owned his own comic store, and he actually he moved is the only reason he closed it. It was it was doing really well, but he uh, uh, he got married. Things changed. But I talked to him once, and he said it was really funny because the people that picked on us in school were now his customers because movies started to come out, and it was like, oh, you know, Captain America doesn't suck, and that's right. not goofy. Yeah. That's that carries the story, and I think. So I think maybe the rest of the world, because of movies, have started to catch up. But I think the, um, I think it's it's interesting because Stan Lee used to talk about, of course, you know, when people ask him what he did when Marvel was first in its, you know, when Marvel before Marvel was Marvel, he'd be, he'd lie, he would say I'm a, I'm an author, right? Yeah. And and I think now, you know, it's it's the these 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 people are icons. It's funny, it's, you you saying that? I mean, it's it's funny timing because. I was literally like, I just, you know, I just posted something not long ago. I was just, I was having a conversation with a friend. It's kind of reminiscent on things, and it's just interesting because, you know, the like last last year, I had the I had the fortune of being able to say that, you know, I've been doing what I do for about ten years now, and looking back on the on when I started and everything that I had to go through to hustle up to this point. The, I mean, the journey of artists, writers and everything, it's all comparable. But, it, you know, the the support and the things that I get now from people that before thought I was crazy. That's the most mind blowing thing to me. And not in some sort of way of like nanny, nanny, boo, boo, but more like a like it just shows a shift in culture that that makes it it makes things that were pipe dreams or unrealistic things seem so much more tangible now. And it makes me feel very hopeful for younger people. Well, and I want I want to say this to both of you all because the fact that this is kind of video game infused, I'm really excited to share this with my kids. To share because I think that's you mentioned comic book. My my parents had the the philosophy of, and they luckily luckily did not exclude comic books. If it was a book and I would read it, I had to read them. I couldn't collect them. I had to read them. But they would, if they could afford it at all, they would buy it. And that, that's what really started. And it influenced, like you said, so much. I love Crime and Punishment, but quite frankly, I found out about Crime and Punishment because it was referenced in a Batman comic. And it was, it led one thing to another. But I'm really excited about this because I think, you know, I'll be able to, for lack of a better term, hook my son on this because he loves video games. He even loves classic video games. He has the old Sega system, you know, converter thing. And, and so I'll be able to say, hey, you should check this out. But at the same time, and Bryce, uh, I, I have to give you credit here. Uh, you probably don't remember, but several years ago at Lexington Comic Con, you had a Black Panther print. And my daughter, that's her all-time favorite character to this day. And we bought it. And I wanted to give you credit because that has been a constant in her room. Now, the Barbie Dream House has moved out. We now have our own artist. It's desk. in my place now. Don't ask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not for his child either. It's kind of weird. It's uh, 
call before you show up, or he may be playing. Anyway, the point being, I'm a pretty, pretty princess, you bitch. That you know, now we have uh, a lot of of uh, anime stuff and uh, uh, Demon Hunter and stuff like that. But that has been a constant. That piece of art has been a constant in the room, and I think it's really fascinating as a parent, uh, not as somebody just talking to you all about. But I really appreciate more and more people who create like this because I can now chart like my daughter. Uh, I have three paintings in my office. One she did of me of a dragon to watch over me and stuff like this, but it's all because she got exposed to that stuff. And I think whether you're a comic book fan or not, if you have children, take them to comic con, take them to something yeah. like that, let yes. them meet artists, let them meet authors. So I really do. I want to say as a parent, not as me as a podcast guy, but I wanted to say thank you all both because this is another way to introduce these topics, to introduce this as a way, you know, it, I can look at my son and say, hey, you love video games? Okay, this is nostalgia, but they got here by not only playing the video games, but hustling and grinding and doing all yeah. those things. And I think so much of these conversations are really important. So I had to get in my parental thank you because it really has meant a lot to see my kids do it and to see how they connect to things. And it's, you know, my my son got hooked on, there's a uh, diary of an 8-bit warrior uh, book series and it's about video games but it's you know what would it be like to, if you were actually a minecraft it lived in a minecraft town or something like that <laughs> and so i love stuff like this because it's another way to introduce them and say hey you can pursue that dream yeah take effort you're gonna have to put down the controller and do some other stuff to expand on it but you can yep. do it so I, again yeah. sorry i, I sidebarred but uh, thank you thank no you no for I'm, I'm thank you for saying that yeah no i really appreciate that and uh, nah, man, I, I consider it, and I, I, I'd imagine Wes would probably agree too. It's a privilege, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, you know, shit, we, we all, we, we all work hard towards our, our dreams, our, our things, but to have the ability to do anything that would be beneficial to another person, be it, you know, boosting your morale or, you know, inspiring somebody, you know, be it a child, whoever, just for like, for me in particular, being a black artist and just increasing the visibility of people that look like me in places that they don't see me. Like it's, for me, all of it is, uh, it's something that I definitely, I just feel very fortunate to be able to do. I feel privileged. And when I hear stuff like that, it just makes me feel so much better about just, I stay sometimes I'm up wild times of the night and it's moments like it's it's moments and things like that that make me feel like okay hell yeah now nah, we we're we doing all right <laughs> yeah because I would imagine and 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 Wes I don't know how you feel but you know writing and and creating being up late at night creating that can be a very lonely place and wondering what's going to take and what doesn't mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So I, I killed I, the conversation. Good, yeah. good job, Jay. Good job. No, Get, off your soapbox. Get off your soapbox. Get off. Yeah. Your... No. No. I'm sorry. What, no. what do you got, Joe? You got anything? No. <laughs> no. You, you. 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 Right. You are absolutely right. Like that. Nah, if, if If anything, I. If anything, I was curious. You know, I, I was curious about Wes's take on it. But you. You are. You are right. It can't be. That's why leaning into six bomb boards and stuff like that is so important to me. Or just trying to keep some sort of like circle of people around me i feel like me and ken talked about this even years ago you know 
of just that whole thing of just having all you know pe people like you all that are you know close friends Wes just you know Ken all the we all know the same people and mm -hmm. it's not it's not just coincidence that we all know the same people it's like this communal aspect of things that just keeps you sane because it is a solitary lifestyle it can be very it can be very difficult on some days as opposed to others and, and most yeah. of us all have day jobs yes let's just yeah. go ahead and say it most of us have other careers there is no money to be made here yeah, yeah. and to, to answer your question james so uh there's two other uh two other people i gotta highlight and talk about um so before i took that class with ron mars there's two Price people went to pee. he's back sorry <laughs> uh, oh no i had to plug up <laughs> <laughs> there's two people there's two people I've leaned on heavily in the comics community of Lexington. Um, uh, Sean Pryor is our editor for Hard Justice. So one, before I even gave the script to Bryce, I wrote the script and reached out to Sean Pryor and was like, hey, man, I know, you know you're top notch. You know, you've, you've written so many things. Can you take a look at this and give me feedback, give me notes, what I need to revise? So he was instrumental um and helping hard justice and then justin stewart who did our variant cover um i kind of reached out to him on like you know for like the business side of things because justin's been in the industry for a long time as well um but those two were instrumental i, I think of them as my mentors because they kind of gave me the guidance uh and told me where to go but then how to get how also how to get there so it it, it, it can be a lonely place but uh but you know we we reach out to those who are around us to help us help us move forward and they gave freely, right? There's mm. not like there was competition. They gave freely. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. No competition. No. And in fact, I wanna I wanna pinpoint this. Like, you know, Sean, I mean, hard justice would not be possible without the contributions from Justin and without the contributions from Sean. And both of them pledged the Kickstarter today. Um, and I was actually chatting with Justin Stewart back and forth today. And as we're talking, I got a notification on my phone that Justin backed the Kickstarter. And I said, bro, you didn't have to do that. You helped us get here. And he said, we all rise up together. Yep. It's facts. Yeah, that's absolute facts. And I mean, it's a wild full circle, too, because I credit Justin and Sean generally for my career. I, I, I really do, because... I don't, uh, a lot of the things that I've been able to, to accomplish in the places and things that I've been able to, you know, be within, it's because when I was first starting in all this, Sean took the time to talk to me and follow up with me and allowed me to ask him questions. And he mentored and coached me. And Justin did the exact same thing for me. And they did not know me and they had no reason to. All they saw was, hey, there's this, is this young dude who's trying to do these things and all they wanted to do was give me the same type of love that I try to give to people now. It's, it's that whole pay it forward type of thing. So just as much as they've contributed to this project, that's just how they get down. Like they, they, yeah, it, it, it's a each one teach one type of thing. And we, we, we just all would be, we would all reap the benefits of that type of uh, behavior. So yeah, man, just shout outs to everybody because I, I think generally just our whole collective, just everybody that we know, it's just great people, man. I, we're, we're really. We are, yes. Yeah. 
Well, I, I not to get not now that we're all done telling each other how amazing we are. I know I had to bring it out. <laughs> Nobody said anything to me. Well, oh, I'm sorry, that, Chad. That's that because was, you're not amazing. That's yeah, Chad. It wasn't out of your I'm, pain tolerance is really high, and I kind yeah, of was, that. Was, hey, Chad took a lot of battle damage, man. Yeah, he is <laughs> battle damage, Chad. I was gonna say he's like that. Remember the He-Man action figure that you could hit the chest and it would come over I still have mine. up. The kid and I. <laughs> no. he, I was trying to show it to the kid to during lockdown, and he was three. Now he under, he would understand. He's just like I don't understand. It doesn't work right. The, what's <laughs> odd is if Chad was an action figure, the rare variant would be the completely unscarred one. That would yeah. be the one people would be like, "Oh, I got it. That's a collector's item." Who wants right there. this pristine piece? Of I was gonna say, does anybody want me to pull up on YouTube and show everybody my purple toe too? No, he's got no. A... who says Chad with a full head of hair? What? Who's what that I, guy? What I do want hey. to do is sell. A... Hey, hold on. Hey, I'm not. I'm not judging, dude. I've got a widow's peak that mountaineers can't climb. And so what? let's be honest. I've never had a full head of hair. Even when I had a full head of hair, I was riddled with cow licks. My hair went straight up, guys. It's like this. I, I mean, this. I mean, it. No disrespect, Chad. Actually, looks better bald. You rock the bald, man. You do. I, I, dumb, I mean, man. no disrespect. Dumb. I know powder looks better bald. So uh, he, this is one of those Patrick no, Stewart of Star Trek captain. This is one of those traumatizing ex uh, experiences from high school. Is I tried like hell when I had hair. This cowlick, man, straight up. It was like this. It was like it was giving a high to everybody who walked by me. Um, I tried like hell to get it down. And one time my sister, she put mousse on the hair to make it go all the way back. She sprayed it with hairspray. And I went to school and the fucker was so Herculean to go straight up that it, <laughs> it split. And when it split, it took all of my other hair with me. I had a split right down the middle and everybody said, oh, look, Chad's got an ass head for a solid Ew. month. Oh. A solid month I was ass head. Which yeah. oddly enough, I had no idea you were the inspiration for Butthead from Beef with some Butthead. I learned something <laughs> new every day. I, I am going to have to work really hard not to say that. <laughs> I don't care. Hold on, Joe. Why would you start working really hard to not say anything now? I really do. They I don't think people know that 80% of the shit that comes to my head actually doesn't come out. Anyway, I want to sell some comics real quick. I want you all to talk a little bit about the characters. I want to know about Joseph St. Reigns and Rex Sampson. I know you don't want to give away the whole thing, but just talk a little bit about the characters for me, please. Not well, both of you at one time. I was about to say, Wes, uh, uh, you you start. You start, brother. I'll start. Okay. So Joseph St. Rains is pretty much our main, our main protagonist, but he is a former cop turned private investigator. Um, and then Rex Sampson is just a younger, younger martial arts enthusiast dude. Uh, but essentially, the heart of the hard justice story is that um, uh, crime is running rampant all over Paradise Bay, uh, the city. Mm -hmm. And uh, so with with things getting out of control, these two guys decide that they want to settle things their own way, the hard way, mm -hmm. and beating up criminals with their fists. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. As we say in the video, it's lethal weapon meets double dragon is our yep. pitch. And, and Saint saint he's uh it's it's dope it's like because because saint is you know clearly the he's a skilled he's a skilled fighter yeah but his approach to things is a little more uh, uh, um in line with 
you know, the, the, the classics, the Luke Cage's or whatever. He's that, he's that brawler type, the skilled brawler. Mm-hmm. And then Rex is the, uh, you know, he's the, uh, the wiry martial arts guy. He's going to, he's, he's going to take the extra steps to, to beat you up. That may be, you know, St. Wood. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so they, they essentially want the same thing, but they have two different, two different ways of getting, uh, of getting there. So they have to decide, you know, or figure out how they can work together with their different styles to accomplish the same goal. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, Wes, when you were writing him, both of the main characters you had, you have to have some sort of vision in your head. Mm-hmm. And I know that you gave Bryce, as Bryce said, an open sandbox to play. Did you guys have conversations back and forth about, well, I kind of see Saint as a little bit more, or I kind of see Saint as a little bit more of this, and, and you know, changing back and forth of the same thing about Rex, visually how they looked? Or did you just say, Bryce, make it happen? And then when he did it, that's what you wanted. So I gave Bryce a little bit of direction um, because uh, so, and this is something I, I actually had to learn uh, in the comics writing process, but when you're writing for comics, if you want your artist to create something that looks a particular way, you've got to give them references. Um, so real, I think for, for Saint, I just described uh, what he looked like physically, like he's tall, he's he's got some muscle, um, he's got uh, the handlebar mustache, the the mullet type hair, uh, and I described his clothing, and I was like, here, Bryce, run with this. Uh, so funny, funny story about Rex Sampson. Uh, when I was in college, way back when, um, I did a short film called Karate Chops, yeah. and this is where I created the character Rex Sampson. Yeah. Um, just a young college co-ed with a bandana around his head and big mutton chops on his face. That's how I actually dressed in college. Um, so when I sent, when I had a reference for Rex, I just sent Bryce a picture of myself in college, and I was like, "This is what Rex Sampson looks like." So, <laughs> yeah. so I gave, and so essentially, I gave Bryce some, you know, some details. But again, I trust Bryce as an artist, yeah. and I was like, Bryce, I just want, I just want to make sure you have these details. The rest, you take it, and I mean, I couldn't have pictured anything better than what he what he put together for Hard Justice. So yeah, he, that he trust did, comes back into play. Yeah, like it was it was it was actually it was really dope too because like with because he gave me almost it's it's almost like the um like the must have type of thing. So it was like he gave he he gave the notes on the absolutes that he wanted factored into the characters, and then everything else was just can you building off of this. Mm-hmm. So I took I took the references and I took those descriptions and then I kind of just I danced around with those things and mm-hmm. you know and then and and what I did very specifically actually uh for Saints character uh I referenced um Rush Hour and Vampire in Brooklyn. Brooklyn, yeah. Yeah, and then, wow. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, because because I wanted to make sure that the style in the in the mood for Saint was was like that that it, he was he was he was towering and at the same time like he's not intimidating because yeah. I did because that was and that was another thing that was really dope about this too is like breaking tropes even though we have something familiar breaking certain tropes because Saint's character isn't just like uh, uh, the brooding tough guy like I. I have him smiling and things like that. So it's it's this whole 
yeah, it was just, it was, it was dope. And then with Rex's character, uh, I visualized like, you know, Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse, he's kicking in jeans and shit. <laughs> and then, and then a little bit, of, and then a little bit of that Iron Fist energy. That's, uh, yeah, it's really cool. James, you're going. So, I was going to say, so one thing I wanted to talk about, not to sound like a real estate agent, but location, 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 right? I, I have to ask a question because one of the things that is really important, I think, in comic books is location, right? Superman's Metropolis, Batman's Gotham City. We know those are two very different setups. So when it comes to Paradise Bay, what makes Paradise Bay what Paradise Bay is? Um... I'll say, and, and, and you know, Wes, you you can you correct me if I'm wrong, but um, in in from from what I know about what is to come, versus what we have in this first issue, um, Paradise Bay. If if you if you think about like a, think about like Streets of Rage or something like that, right? Like you have this you have this this metropolis that is it's it's. It's gritty in the type of way of like, okay, there's this, you have your pockets of your, your gangs and different things to where, you know, it, it, you're going to see some warriors, colorful types of characters walking around the city, but it's not overrun because there's, it's like a dynamic of like, you know, you've got, you've got St. Rex over here. You've got, you, you, you've got the police or you've got whatever. So it's almost, it feels like a, a power struggle type of thing. And the style of it being very reminiscent of the time frame that we're referencing. It, it just, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it gives this perfect combination of like video game stages mixed with like a, a real, real world city. I referenced like, you know, Atlanta and mm -hmm. places like that. I referenced Memphis and uh, based off based off of uh, research and then some of the descriptions that Wes gave me as well. That's cool. Well, guys, we've been going for a little over an hour. Where would so where do they go? They can go to the easiest place to yeah. go. The easiest way to find it: www.hardjusticecomic.com. Yep. You type in that URL, it redirects you automatically to the Kickstarter page where you can uh, watch the awesome promo video we have. You can check out all the different rewards. And if you will, make a pledge and support us. So hardjustice.com. Hardjusticecomic.com. I'm sorry, hardjusticecomic.com. And I will yes. be able to purchase one of those damn hats pretty soon. We, Bryce and I will figure it out. We'll make it happen. Because <laughs> I want a hat. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just don't, I, I, for some odd reason, like hats. It's just my thing. All right. Do you guys have one to say anything else before we go? Hardjusticecomic.com. Hardjusticecomic.com. Uh, for anyone that does not know me, I'm Bryce O'Quay. So please uh, um, check me out on Instagram at bmad100s100s. Or everywhere else, you can look up Mr. Mad Hundreds or just Mad Hundreds. I will pop up. And uh, much love to you guys. You know I love y'all. Uh, yeah. And shout out to Wes. Yeah. And yeah. and I, I can't wait to hang out with you a little bit, Wes, at Lexington Comic Con. And you guys are both going to be at Lexington Comic Con, right? All yeah. four days. All yep, four. Yep. 
Me too, brother. Me too. <laughs> People ask, I, I get this question. It's like, oh my God, you have a blast? And I go, oh, oh, it's more fun than you can, but it's still work. It's yeah. work. <laughs> it's fun, but it's work. Don't forget that part of it. So Wes, I can't wait to hang out with you. When he messaged me and he said, uh, Bryce told me to reach out. Although I don't know why Bryce just didn't reach out. Well, I said know, anything I was, for Bryce. I was right. I, I was trying to do I was I was looking at it like the indirect introduction type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's fine. It's fine. We, we love having we love having artists. We love having writers. We love having you guys on. And you guys are welcome on the show anytime. Thank you so much for coming on. And please go out and get the, just pledge a little bit of money. Doesn't have to be a ton of money. Just a little bit and get yourself a comic. And get your right. for five bucks, you can have hard justice. You can have West, Wes, drop your socials. Drop your socials. Yeah, yes. West. So uh if you want to find me, I'm uh very active on Twitter and Instagram at Wes Writes Stuff. <laughs> That's yep. I need to actually I don't think I follow Bryce on Instagram. I need to. I don't yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm terrible yeah. on Instagram, buddy. I am terrible. <laughs> I, I had to set up Instagram for the first time, oddly enough, for work, and I felt immediately like a poser. I was like, I don't take any photos of anything. It's like, oh, look, it's a photo of me at a meeting. It's a, So I always felt, but I love seeing what people do on there because it reminds me that I'm I'm so far behind everybody. He's doing nothing. Yeah, basically. <laughs> All right. Well, go out, hardjusticecomic.com, correct? Did I get it right that time? Yes, sir. Yes, last time. Wes, Bryce. Always a pleasure. This has been Bonehead Weekly.